people will say to me, I'm the kind of person that has all these thoughts in my head, so I can't practice. And I always smile and say, I call that type of person a human being. <laughs> okay. We all have so many thoughts in our head. You know, mindfulness is not about stopping anything. There's no stopping. It's just noticing our thoughts with compassion, with non-judgment. I'm your host, Anna-Malik Ken. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's dot. Zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. Today, our special guest is Harriet Stein. She is a keynote speaker and an experienced trainer in mindfulness and stress management. She enjoys to support companies creating a healthy culture. And I had the pleasure to meet her in person in several speaking events. And I love her positive energy. It's absolutely amazing and refreshing. So today we are going to be speaking here about decluttering our minds. Welcome to the Mindset Zone, Harriet. Thank you so much, Anna. It is a joy to be here. And just to clarify, because I'm always sometimes troubled with the last names, because usually when we meet in person, we uh, go back and forth with first names. Is, is uh, How do you pronounce it? Stein? Yes. That's why I loved when you said it was decluttering the mind with Harriet Stein. I've been looking for a rhyme for years and you found one for me. Wonderful. And that will allow me to remember how to pronounce your name correctly. <laughs> Love that. So let's let's start to, uh, I think, my first question for you, because you've been working with the topic uh, and teaching mind, mindfulness and stress reduction for a long, long time. You are not, <laughs> this is not your first rodeo. So for how long are you a mindfulness teacher? Yes. Yeah, so I began teaching uh, in the public 20 years ago. Now it goes so fast. And I have to say first, uh, I want to thank you for this opportunity to share my passion with everyone. Uh, I noticed that you're all about expanding possibilities. And I realized that we are so in alignment. And we knew that the moment we met, because my company is called Big Toe in the Water. And that like perfect in alignment with expanding possibilities, all about making one change, one little tiny change. And that ripple effect. Exactly. Love it. So you start teaching mindfulness 20 years. So even when minds, uh, mindfulness was not hip, you already were teaching it. Uh, uh, and when was your own journey? When did you start to be interested in this? Yeah, actually, 
It was April of 2000. So 22 years ago, this month is when I attended my first program uh, with John Kabat-Zinn, who was my first teacher. Though this has been a lifelong passion of mine. Uh, Like yourself, you're a psychologist. I began in school as a psychobiologist and then uh, changed and switched my major into nursing. And, you know, that that similarity, I was noticing all the similarities we have regarding optimism and how to facilitate positive emotions. You know, that is exactly what we both do. And you focus on creating the conditions that facilitate these positive emotions. And that's why I teach mindfulness so that people can notice what is going on in their head to facilitate these emotions. Absolutely. And at the same time, we um, sometimes or often teach what we need to learn. And I just want to go back a little bit to that 22 years ago Mm -hmm. when you decide to sign up. So you are always, so they say, the the psychobiology. So you always, it seems like to have curiosity about how we work physically and mentally, Mm -hmm. both both sides of the equation there. Mm And what led you at that time to sign up to that program that you did about mindfulness? Uh, Well, another thing about April is it's my birthday. And every year in April, my sister and I would go away to a conference in New York City. And she said, I'm going to go up a day earlier because she's a therapist and said, I have been telling people for years about this excellent book called Wherever You Go, There You Are by John Kabat-Zinn. And she said, I want to spend the day with him and I think you will enjoy it. And it was life-changing for me. And why was life-changing? Well, I think I realized in that moment uh, how frequently when I started paying attention to my thoughts that I was not in the present moment. You you beautifully articulated the fact that we go toward that which we need first. And when I started practicing mindfulness, I realized that I could very quickly and easily decrease the stress at times that I was experiencing. So you are speaking, you start to pay attention. So that means that you are not paying attention before uh, life's and that is the life gets so busy and we get in that uh, the treadmill of life or the juggling, whatever the metaphor that people identify with. But we get in that busy, 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 busy that I don't have time. I don't have time. And the thing about being your birthday, the tradition that you had with your sister of doing something for that, to pressing that pause button and go to this uh, place and this she want to do it. You are OK, let support, let, okay, something to learn. Yeah, that uh, that brought to, to pay attention and is the awareness of it, becoming aware because I know that that is one of the things that you work a lot with people, teaching them to pay attention and to be aware. It's true. It is, you know, the number one question I frequently get uh, after a program is people will say to me, I'm the kind of person that has all these thoughts in my head, so I can't practice. And I always smile and say, I call that type of person a human being, (laughs) okay? We 
all have so many thoughts in our head. You know, mindfulness is not about stopping anything. There's no stopping. It's just noticing our thoughts with compassion, with non-judgment. So, uh, and I let me just dig there a little bit because there's so much juice, so, so much good stuff in what <laughs> you just said. In terms of, um, yes, there are more people that are have more self-awareness than others, and this is a skill that we have to, we can develop a muscle that we can train without any doubt. But you are uh, hitting there a point that is really important. People, even for meditation in general, that I is the monkey mind. What the, many people use the term monkey mind because oh, I'm, I have all that thoughts. I, meditation is not for me. Mindfulness is not for me because I have all that thoughts. And I love that the kind of you bust the myth there. Hey, it's normal to have all those thoughts. Uh, that how do you say you are just a human being, and we have constantly this chatter in our minds. It's just the way that we are processing information. There is nothing wrong with you. Is the question what you do when you notice all those thoughts, correct? Exactly. And then we have the choice. Then we have the choice exactly like you said, hitting that pause button. So here's the thing. Uh, we, we don't practice mindfulness on the top of mountains overlooking the Mediterranean. And if people think that they can practice until they're in the perfect spot, there is no perfect spot. You know, we practice paying attention, whatever we are dealing with, you know, in, in I've taken programs where there was a jackhammer outside on the street and we still continued to practice. And, you know, mindfulness is not just the meditation. It is paying attention moment by moment to our lives all the time when we are awake. Uh, and like you were just saying about monkey mind, I think sometimes it's like we're on a treadmill, but we're allowing someone else to adjust the speed. You know, we have to take that control back as to what's going on in, in our minds and deciding deciding not to multitask. Again, loads of so much thing in this, in, <laughs> in a, uh, so much rich content here because uh, the monkey mind, the thoughts, because that is where many people have, they are doing multitasking, doing lots of things, the, the chattering their heads and thinking, so meditation, mindfulness is not for me because I cannot empty my mind. And at the same time, if they pay attention, bring awareness, just to like being the observer in their heads, observing their own uh, ch chatter, their own monkey mind, that already is going to slow down that treadmill in itself. It's like almost like with the breathing exercises, just say, pay attention to our breathing. We are slowing down our breathing almost automatically because we are paying attention. Exactly. Uh, recently, literally just three weeks ago, I was five minutes away from having to call into a Zoom meeting. And I saw that I got a text message from a very close friend of mine. And she said, my hands are shaking uncontrollably because I am so afraid that I have to go on a busy highway to go to this luncheon of women business people. And 
because I only had a few minutes and because I knew her well, and because she has attended programs with me before, I could do a shorthand with her. And I called her and I said, listen, you're not in the present. I I did not ask her what happened in the past. I did not need to know the story. Obviously, there was a story. Something happened because it was a beautiful, sunny, 70 degree weather day, you know, and it's the middle of the day where there's hardly any traffic. I knew that the, it was there was no rational reason. So I knew there had to have been some story in the past, but I did not need to know it. And because she was going back and forth between a past she couldn't change and then worrying about a future. And we have no idea what's going to happen five minutes from now, let alone an hour from now. I always say, you know, aliens could come down in, a, in an hour from now. We literally have no idea at this point. We live in such crazy times. So I said to her, ground yourself. You're in the present. And then I said to her, go wash your hands. And speaking in the present, my dog is also in the present barking, so we will be aware of it. And is 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 that is the distraction? We pay attention. We can do something. But you were telling with this friend that because she had the previous training, because you knew her, uh, then when we are in the situation that we, she had developed the muscle, exactly. Uh, right. Maybe not. Uh, uh, Olympic athlete muscle, but she had done some um, run around the block, so to speak, a little bit. So she had some, uh, uh, and then it's just easier in with that to bring that learning back to practice that pressing the pause button and the paying uh, uh, paying attention and uh, bringing that awareness in. That's exactly. That's, and I knew I could do that shorthand with her because she was familiar with mindfulness. So I said, go wash your hands. And mm. when you wash your hands, this is literally take it as a, a meditation experience. I didn't say that to her, but that's exactly what I had her do because I said, use all of your senses while you're washing your hands. So that when you feel the temperature of the water, not judging it as cold or, you know, too hot and noticing the soap when you touch your fingers, not judging your fingers like, oh, they're too wrinkly or too old or too this or too that. Just noticing, noticing the sound of the water. I said, use all of your senses. Uh, and then about an hour and a half later, she sent me a text message and she said, I'm at the luncheon and everything was fine driving here. Love it. Is is but bringing, creating an experience of that. Uh, I love that of the things that we do anyway, like washing the hands. How to transform that into a mini mindfulness exercise by paying attention to the visual, the 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 water, the running, and the the sound that is so uh, the sound of the water that's so powerful, the sensations, the kinesthetic in our hands, and then adding the soap. And even if the soap has a, a nice aroma, a smell is even better because it brings another sense to the present and it's just paying attention. We don't have to um, have an app uh, to do that. We can use the the day-to-day the -day for it 
and how because it's that is the pressing of the pulse button that allow us to center to ground and then we start to see what is around us in the situation in a different way and at the same time and i'd love to hear your thoughts about this at the same time i think one of the problems where people sometimes give up of the this kind of practices uh, and they say oh this doesn't work for me is because um, it's like let me give an, an image that i think is uh, illustrate this if we are thinking about physical fitness you come from a background in nursing the physical fitness uh, the the physical body so if let's think about the physical fitness uh, if we are not physically fit and we have to climb uh, uh, like say uh, four flights of stairs we arrive to the fourth floor like okay i'm sitting here and i'm not moving so imagine that we have your your friend she had a meeting in the fourth floor of a building and uh, uh, the elevator was out and she had to walk four flights of stairs she will arrive there and she will sit and say i'm done i have to out of breath i cannot say a word and then I have to rest and the expectation will be that okay I'm not physically fit I cannot uh, I have to give myself a little bit of time to recover um, if she was physically fit oh four flights of stairs four, uh, four uh, flights of stairs no problem arrive there feel the heart beating but I can deal with it and just join the conversation or whatever is going on there and with the mental fitness, because we are, I think, not paying attention to uh, getting us mentally fit and healthy. Uh, we are not exercising that muscles. And then, but then we have the expectation that life give us this big challenge, these big flights of stairs, four, five, six, ten stairs. And then we have the expectation that we arrive to the top of it with without being mentally fit. And we have to behave like if we were and then oh but then i try mindfulness and didn't work uh, maybe we, we should st start smaller small little bits to exercise those muscles so how does this metaphor relates to you and what are your thoughts about this yeah i i think it is a it's an excellent metaphor because i've never heard it before and because everybody can relate to that i i like that you're using it uh, because we, I mean, many of us have been in that situation where we have tried to do something and we didn't feel prepared to do it. Uh, and, you know, the thing is with mindfulness, I, I think to myself, you know, where am I best served having my attention? Because if we want to be successful in life, in whatever we want to do, uh, would it be helpful if we were, you know, beating ourselves up about something from the past we did or didn't do, if we were going into an important meeting and instead of focusing on, do I have everything right now prepared for what I want to present, what I want to say, what I want to accomplish, or am I thinking, oh, the last time I met with this person, you know, uh, they interrupted me and then they asked me to repeat things I had already said. Like, would it be helpful thinking about a past that we can't change? Because 
we go into these meetings sometimes and we're thinking about the past or we're worrying about the future or coming up with, oh, well, you know, this is, they're going to interrupt me because last time they did when we have this whole story going back and forth in our head between past and future, when this day that right now we are speaking has never happened before. It will never happen again. And it's why beginner's mind is one of the attitudes we cultivate with mindfulness. And when you see, when you speak about the cluttering our minds, is exactly that that I think you are referring to, the cluttering from the thinking too much on the past, uh, worry too much with the future, the cluttering by being present. Exactly. It's like, where is our attention best served? A lot of people tell me, well, I can't practice because I have to plan for a living. And we all have to plan for a living. You and I would not be speaking right now if we didn't plan this. We didn't spontaneously just jump um, on a call. So we have to always plan our lives. I think it is, once again, when we bring an awareness to our thoughts, it's noticing Are we planning or are we worrying? That is an important distinction. We can prepare, we can plan, and we can be mindfulness when we are planning the future. But are we letting expectations, the worry, uh, preventing us to be there, even in the planning kind of uh, uh, mode? Um. Yeah, it's, it's really fascinating how, and interesting enough in terms of the eye performance, one of the things about eye performance is about being in the moment. Oh, I, I don't know any athlete, right, that is not laser focused on what has to get accomplished. Uh, the person who just won the PGA last year, I believe it was Phil Mickelson. They, they said, you know, you're the oldest person ever to win. Like, how did you do it? And he said, well, I focused just on this hole, just on exactly what I was doing. And actually halfway through the game, his brother is his caddy. And he said, you're getting ahead of yourself. And because he wasn't playing as well as he could have. And as soon as his brother said that he, you know, he had studied mindfulness And it was really helping him. And he realized in his mind, he was jumping ahead instead of focusing on the present and it was impacting his game. He immediately made that adjustment immediately. And he ended up winning. Yeah. The importance of being coachable, being (laughs) allowed and having a team, because sometimes we are in this normal that even somebody of, or you say, how many, I think it's one of the people with more of the green jackets or how do you call mm-hmm. when they win uh, some of these tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and he trains, he practice, but even like that, at the, the top of his game, he needs to have sometimes somebody in his team to help him, okay, pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so often, that is the thing, and going back to the metaphor of the, and by the way, the first person that I, I like always to, 
give credit where it's due. Uh, Shamin Sirzad was the first person that I listened to speaking about the mentally fit uh, with physical fitness as um, an example and a metaphor. And I really love and I like playing with the, the image a lot because even if we think in corporations, I know that your background was working in a big corporation, G&G, Johnson & Johnson for many, many years. So you know the corporate world and you work now a lot um, in providing this type of training to other companies globally. Uh, is, uh, a lot of your work is uh, helping people in the corporate world to develop a more healthy culture for their workforce that is absolutely um, needed uh, and important, vital in our days. Um, and at the same time, we expect that executives, that the managers arrive to stressful, absolutely stressful situations and tough situations that sometimes they have to make uh, decisions and coordinate things that are in with if as if they were the high level athletes without the proper training I, I you know the the very first group of people that come to mind when you say that uh, to me are all those HR professionals out there because right now we have moved into a global mental health pandemic yeah. and they are on the front lines and so not are they not only, are they trying to support all the employees that they are responsible for? It is now the number one biggest issues in companies all over the world, but they're trying to give that support at the same time as they too are going through the same challenges that the people they're supporting are. So it is a, it is a very challenging time for everybody. The, I, I think that people just really need to realize that they are not alone. So many people, you know, we look on social media and we think everybody else has it together when everybody is dealing with something, everyone, and we rarely know all the challenges that they are dealing with. Absolutely. So what could be for the ones that already are open and doing things in the realm of mindfulness and meditation and or somebody that... Uh, try before and didn't work and but wants to be open to to try again or somebody that is the first time that is listening to these concepts what will be a, a great entry or restarting point well uh I, i'm going to say we have an upcoming holiday and there's always a holiday so whenever you're listening to this it could be a holiday it could be the weekend it could be uh, a graduation party a birthday party uh but going into the experience with that beginner's mind, knowing that even though you might know these people for decades, when you go to work, to your next meeting, whether it is virtual or in person, really seeing people with this concept of non-judgment that you have never seen them on this day, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Because if somebody showed up late to your meeting uh, and if, if you knew that they were up all night because they were dealing with a lot of caregiving responsibilities, my hunch is that most people would be much more caring and compassionate toward that person. But 
a lot of times, and I think frequently, we don't know what people are dealing with. So, uh, and you know, another attitude that we cultivate with mindfulness is letting go. And you had mentioned about spring cleaning, and I loved that concept because I think we're here in spring and we focus so much on cleaning out our closets that I loved when you had when you had mentioned about cleaning out our minds because there are thoughts that are not serving us. Because when I say non-judgment, it is not just not judging others, it is not judging ourselves. Absolutely love it. And you are, I love what you are saying about there is always something like a holiday, uh, a weekend, uh, and the celebration. And I, I, and that reminds me, one thing I had a, an episode about is the power of restart or restarting. And that is all about that. We are given this, op- the way that, well, they say a new day. Uh, so a new week, a new day, a new hour a new minute, a new second, a new breath. Everything can be a, a new time that we wash our hands. <laughs> it can be the opportunity of restarting and pay attention. You know, I, I read the other day that there are almost a billion people in the world that don't have access to basic clean water. Yeah. So every time I connect with water, whether it is in the bath, the shower, or washing my hands or washing the dishes. Uh, I really try to pay attention. I pay attention to the fact that something that I might have taken in the past as eh, insignificant and not even thought about, I really bring my attention to the experience now. I, I try not to take a shower that is too long, knowing that there are hundreds of millions of people around the world that do not have the access to a shower. And I presume also that you try to enjoy it as much and be present as much as possible. And I think that's be- that's where the gratitude comes in. Yeah. Because when we are grateful, we are overcome with joy. So I think this can be a great way for people next time that you wash your hands, just pay attention to washing your hands, to all those sensations, all those beautiful things, and even develop some gratitude for the miracle that we opened the, <laughs> the faucet <laughs> and water comes out. Wow. Um, it's, it's like that, the bringing that beginner's mind and that curiosity to the table. So how people can learn more about you and your work? Uh, well, it's very easy to find me. Uh, my website is actually harrietstein.com. And uh, they could always email me. Uh, it's Harriet at bigtoeinthewater.com. I would love to connect with people. I always say there's so much about us on the internet that uh, just call me before you come over to my house. <laughs> <laughs> there's too much information on the internet. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that I remember John Kabat-Zinn saying again and again, when I've seen him in person, he always says that, It's important to remember that if you are alive, there is more right with you than wrong with you. And to just really, you know, I'm so grateful that we had this opportunity to just be together today. And for all those people listening to us right now, just realize you're doing a wonderful job. If you are alive, there is more right with you than wrong with you. Love it. 
Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening and remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.